0: Hello, this is Joe Manners and I'm with Professor Muir Gray. For this, this podcast, we're looking at the past decade. So, this is 2020 and we're looking at the last 10 years and thinking about healthcare. So, good morning, Muir. Good morning. This is a list of the most important published papers by JAMA between 2010 and 2019. Why do you think they've chosen these papers?
1: Well, let's just think of JAMA in context. I always think there's big five journals, British Medical Journal, Lancet, New England Journal, JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, and the, the American College of Physicians Journal, Annals of Internal Medicine. But JAMA is quite hospital-orientated, I'd say, because of the different nature of family medicine in the US, but it's, it's a very important journal. So, when they published this list of what they thought were the 10 most important papers, this immediately caught my attention. And this is on a service called JAMA Network, which is free and which has got a lot of useful resources in it, although most people already have too much to read. So, when I saw this, I started to think, well, what does this indicate about uh, medicine and healthcare? And then, secondly, would it have been different?
0: in the UK as opposed to the US. Right. So look, looking at the list of papers, some of them are quite disease-specific. There are, there are a couple that are more, what I would call, system-wide papers. Yes. Um, do you think we can conclude anything over the last 10 years because of this? Well,
1: one of the things that really caught my attention was the, the absence of any paper mentioning genomics. I mean, the paper that's hinted at, I one to do things, but we've been told that genomics is the big thing, and we've been told that for 10 years, but I don't see much here uh, about genomics. It's interesting, the other big thing that's been promoted as solving our problems has been artificial intelligence, um, uh, machine learning, and there is one paper on a fairly conventional approach which is using machine learning for something which I think is is a good use, namely spotting abnormal patterns in, in retinopathy. What was, for me, of interest, and remember, the U.S. is different from every other country in the world. It's not committed to universal health care. So everything is different. Uh, the word value, for example, in the U.S. refers to what we would call efficiency, namely outcomes related to costs for the patients treated. But here we see obviously the paper from Obama and he was committed in principle to universal health care. But there's a paper on healthcare care spending in the US and other high income countries showing that the US spends twice as much as we do in healthcare, care and it has very poor health status. A great paper on income and life expectancy in the U.S., so inequity is a major issue, and then the great Don Berwick paper on waste in the U.S. healthcare system. So I felt it was really important that JAMA was doing this. It's of interest to me also that the American Medical Association has opposed universal healthcare in the past because there are obviously powerful forces in there, but here's the journal... Trying to open up the debate about healthcare, every every time I think my job is difficult, I think, well, I could be working in the USA, then mm. that'd be bloody difficult.
0: Right. And is there a theme that you think you could look at over the na- last ten years that you can pull out from looking at this list of papers? If if we were to say you know, somebody looking from outer space who hadn't been familiar with the last ten years of healthcare in the US, would, would they would they see a theme through these papers?
1: Well, the theme for me is to do with the limits of healthcare as we know it. And uh, it's interesting, if you look at the New England Journal of Medicine, it too is changing. Uh, there's a very interesting paper in the New England Journal of Medicine about uh, the fact that poor people can't afford insulin in the, U- in the USA. But they, they publish an article called The End of Conveyor Belt Medicine. So it has been fantastic. My 50 years in healthcare have been astonishing. You know, chemotherapy, renal dialysis, MRI have been astonishing. And we need more of that. We need more technological developments. But I think we're, we're all feeling, clinicians, policymakers, people we call patients, we're all feeling, well, we've got to think a little bit more about what, what this is all about, what matters mm. to people, what else could we do with the resources, so I feel there is a change here. So, for example, the measurement of high blood pressure and the treatment in people over 75. Um, you know, We've gone from an era in which we were undertreating people over 75, and I'm 75, uh, because of ageism, to an era in which we're probably overtreating. And that's got to do with waste. And that's got to do with policy. And that's got to do also with equity. So we may be not thinking enough about Poor people in the United Kingdom, and thinking too much about older the people. So I feel here there's mm. there are broad themes coming through that that we are now reaching not the end of high tech medicine, but how medicine and healthcare fits into broader issues in society. Mm. Does that so, how does it
0: strike you? That would Jude? make sense. Yeah. So if you go back ten years, the discussion was about the technical technological improvements yeah. in healthcare and how how we can do more interesting things, but Looking at this, you can see that the debate has moved on to, as you say, to what are we trying to do and why are we trying to do it, and what are the limits to healthcare and how can we spend our resources on the on the right things? And yes. that you know that would that would that would seem right. So, if you think in ten years' time, know, yeah, this this list of papers, how would you how would you predict that it would be different? How should it be different?
1: Well, we may see a bigger impact of genomics. But I think we will see more emphasis on outcomes that matter to people as opposed to outcomes that matter to clinicians and uh, policymakers. And we'll probably also see something more about climate change. And it's touched on in the, in the Don Berwick paper, but resources. And from a patient's point of view, I didn't see much here about the patient's perception. But I think we are now seeing in the UK that When we think of resources, we think not only of money, but of carbon and of time, the time of clinicians and the time of patients. And this concept of the burden of treatment um, developed by Francis Mayer and Victor Montori, this idea that we have to think of what treatment means to individuals. And we are sitting in Oxford and Whitney is 10 miles away. But if you're to get an 82-year-old person at 9 o'clock appointment in oxford you'd probably need to start about seven o'clock in the morning That's right. and then allow an hour for a car parking space and then we'd probably tell you oh, i'm terribly sorry we forgot to organize the mri just bring her back next week we do so i think we're going to see a new look at resources money obviously but also carbon and time the time of clinicians and the time of patients and carers. So that's what I see in ten mm. years' time.
0: Well, yeah, it would it would certainly be nice to see much more from the patients' point of view as yep. well. So what are the what are the things that they really want to see happening for their healthcare? So that that would be that would be good. And uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Good. Well, right.
1: I, we'll I'll see you on the 31st of December, Hogman A, 2029.
0: So look forward to the next yep. ten years. Yep. Thank you. Bye bye. If you want to stay informed about important developments in value based healthcare, you can subscribe
1: by joining our mailing list at www.3vh.org.